Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, I'm Tom. And I'm Nick. And this is... Who, Who got, got the assist? assist? It's a goal. Who got the assist? Who got the assist? So Nick, we're, we're back and, and how are you? I'm, I'm very well, thank you, Tom. It's been a busy few weeks um, for the both of us. It's, it's fair to say what running the website and uh, me getting married oh, as well. How, how was that, Nick? Well, I mean, I was there and it was a beautiful day, but how was it from your perspective as, as the groom? Well, absolutely fantastic. <laughs> Best day of my life. You're meant to say that, and I'm, I'm sure Nicola will be listening out for you saying that. Of um, but it was a lovely day. <laughs> it was, it was amazing. And you just got back from amazing uh, weather. You just got back from from somewhere, Nick. Yeah, I've, I've been in the Maldives, listeners. It, <laughs> it's absolutely. You should go there if you get the chance. But I'm, I'm not going to bang on too much about my holiday because you, you don't want to know about that. Yeah. You want to know about football because that's why we're here. We're here to talk about FPL, and we're here to, most importantly to talk about the fixtures. Yeah, that's right, Nick. And uh, if in case you're wondering who we are, and you've just listened to found these people on the interwebs and you're, you're kind of listening to our podcast to give us a chance. Um, we do have a first original podcast we recorded back in June, which is more of an introductory on like, who we are and what we're doing this year. Have a look at our website. We've got lots of blogs, lots mm-hmm. of posts up, um, lots of content for you to keep you going throughout the FPL uh, break. Yeah, and our prior pods was more kind of like a season recap. Now we're looking into the future. We're looking into the next season, what's happening Obviously, the game goes live next week, so we're going to be doing another pod next week once it's launched, and that's going to be looking at the players. But yeah. this, this pod is more about the teams and the fixtures. So we're going to be running through all 20 teams in this pod. Yeah, we've split the teams into tiers, which is based on last season's Premier League table, so no one write in and say that we've been harsh with how we've uh, cut them up. Um, obviously, the first thing we're going to look at is the UCL 5, Chelsea, Spurs, City, Liverpool, United, sadly not Arsenal. Um, then we'll go into the UEL 2, um, including and also Southampton in that little bracket, which is Arsenal, Everton and Southampton, as I've just said. Yeah, after that, we're going to be looking at the mid-bracket. And this is based on the Premier League table from last season. So this category includes Bournemouth, WBA, West Ham, Leicester and Stoke. And then it's the lower reaches. And apologies to any fans of these clubs. But as I said, we're basing it on the table. We've included in this category Palace, Swansea, Burnley and Watford. 
Yeah, and finally, we're looking at the new boys, uh, Newcastle, Brighton, Huddersfield. Um, we've been doing a lot of research on this and just to try to help you guys dig up the information which could help you next year in finding those bargain basement buys and looking at the times when it could be good to get in those newly promoted sides. And a little caveat, I mean, we could go on for hours about the teams yeah. and everything, but so apologies if we miss anything. We had to be selective to try and keep this, you know, short. But if you do think that we have misrepresented something, missed something out, you know, said something which you don't really agree with, or there's something that should be said which we kind of haven't expressed very well, um, tweet us. We're at whoassisted underscore FPL on Twitter. Go on our website, www.whogottheassist.com. There's a little kind of contact box on there um, that you can get in touch with us uh, using. Okay, um, great. Shall we, uh, shall we just jump into it then, Nick? Yeah, let's crack on. Okay. So we're going to start, as we said, on the UCL5. Yeah, uh, I mean, these guys, I guess, are the key players in our teams, aren't they? They're, they're the guys that we look to be the main point scorers. You know, we, we, we're kind of always eagerly anticipating when Sanchez plays. On and Sunday. our captains, most importantly as well. So we're looking for these guys for the double points. We've got Kane here. We've got Sanchez. We've, we've also got Aguero, actually. Yeah. No, no one has talked about Aguero much. Yeah, Maybe, you know, well, we'll look at him. Gabriel Jesus as well. Yeah, we'll look at him when we come on to Man City, Nick, in a minute. But, uh, I mean, there's a, there's a really, really interesting thing there. I mean, how expensive is he going to be, one? Two, how much is he going to play? I mean, we look, we're going to, as, as I said, we're going to look at Man City and yeah. all the rotation options there. I mean, there. we're not going to speculate too much on the prices on this part <laughs> because it's going to be out of date within a week and we're going to know the prices. So that's not a focus anyway. But we're, we're talking about the fixtures, more importantly. Yeah, exactly. And, then, and when you set up your game with one squad as well, um, there's also kind of something called the availability heuristic, which um, can impact you. And this is your tendency when you're making decisions to focus in on really, really immediate recollections of things that happened concerning that decision. So, for example, Nick, you didn't have Hazard in at the start of last season, did you? I did not, because Hazard completely trolled me the season before, so... Obviously, the season where Leicester were the champions. Yeah, and I remember you had him in your team for so long, and I was saying, "Get rid of him, man! What are you doing?" And every week you were just like, "Oh, he can he's, like, he's got Swansea at home, you know. He's got West Ham at home. Come on, you know this. This guy was the best player of the season the previous season. I don't Hazard, you know, a few seasons in a row, and every season he'd done well for me. So I was just emotively hanging on to Hazard." And then at the beginning of this season, I've just avoided Chelsea altogether because... Yeah, I mean, that's my biggest worry. I'm worried that basically I'm going to be setting up for last season rather than setting up for the new season. You, so, you make a very good point, actually, Tom, because um, last season I did a similar mistake because I set up with two Leicester players in my first team. I had a Wes Morgan, Captain Wes. Oh, Captain Morgan. Excellent. And uh, I also had Riyad Mahrez. So I fell for the same trap, going for the player who won play of the season bringing him in saying he's going to do the same but you know I guess you're going to raise this when you talk about Chelsea because actually Chelsea is our first team isn't it Tom yeah it is I mean they've got an okay start I think the first fixture against Burnley they won they beat Burnley 3-0 in their third fixture the year before and they always tend to start off pretty well Um, obviously Conte is now embedded in that team and they've now swapped to the five at the back which they uh, kind of they kind of got into uh, when they lost 3-0 to Arsenal actually um, I mean there's a few kind of things uh, we've just touched upon him actually the key man Eden Hazard he, he's broken his ankle um, 
well, it takes him out of the equation, doesn't it, for the for game week one? And it, it yeah. promotes a couple of their of their of their players. Well, I mean, you, you said you were looking at William. Yeah, I was looking at William for the mean value because you know, will I am. Um, rather than my vote for Pedro which is not going to be happening I don't really like Pedro there's something about him I don't really like very much <laughs> but, but Chelsea's first five fixtures you know they're, they're not that great I've been looking at them and I'm thinking you know obviously they've got a great starter with, with Burnley at home but but then they've also got Spurs Everton Leicester Arsenal you know all, none, none of those are easy fixtures yeah you're right and, and to be honest you know we've, we've got the fixtures in front of us here and I picked out that their first actual good fixture run is between game week 14 and game week 27 which will be the time when on fantasy football scout everyone's be like oh we've got to get Chelsea player in got to get Chelsea players in and yeah you'll be so, talking about tripling up at this point oh yeah so in, in this period they're only playing two top Seven to two top top seven teams. They've got Swansea, Newcastle, West Ham away, Huddersfield away, Southampton at home, Everton, Brighton, uh, Brighton. BHA. That always confuses me. Stoke, Arsenal, Leicester, Brighton again, Bournemouth, Watford, and West Brom. That's an absolutely what, fantastic run. Of what fixtures. a humdinger of a run wow. that is! And that'll be the, that'll be the time that you know everyone will be saying we need to get Chelsea players we need to get these guys in and I think that kind of brings us on to a couple of a couple of things we've just spoken about briefly Willian and Pedro and I'm thinking of adding Willian in for, from the beginning so I think he will be the man um, who steps into Hazard shoes to some extent well I'm, I'm thinking about the defence actually and I, I wrote an article one of our future trends articles about from offence to defence and it's an experiment that I'm thinking about trying I haven't said for sure because it depends on the prices next week but I'm thinking about giving 4-4-2 a try and within that 4-4-2 I was thinking about a Chelsea defender perhaps and the main man is Marcus Alonso but but now it's all this transfer stuff with Sandro that's making me rethink it a little bit yeah. I've been talking a lot about Alonso because I didn't own him last season which was really stupid of me and I wanted to get him in early this season but if he's priced eight or 7.5 and they bring in Sandro like can I actually do this yeah I mean Alexandro is a, is a really really interesting one I mean I looked at some of the stats um, anticipating that there could be a move pretty soon it hasn't quite materialised yet but his his creative stats are incredible he created 50 chances for Juventus last season when they won uh, Serie A which is double the amount of chances that um, more than double in fact that Marcos Alonso actually created he only created 23 and you know, with that rotation, with with that kind of extra man on left wing, suddenly we've got uh, Alonso, who, as you say, was an absolute FPL darling last series, last season. If you didn't have him, as you found Nick, well, you I, ended I, up I being in Gary Cahill, and I mean, he did okay for me, but. I think it was just a price factor. Like Alonso was like you know point three or point four more expensive than Cahill, and I just I couldn't I just didn't have the budget at the time, unfortunately. Yeah, I mean you, you did get the odd the odd goal from Gary Cahill, and he did actually end up as a top scoring defender, didn't he? Yeah. I mean we've got um, you've been looking a bit at Antonio Rudiger, who's apparently on his way in. What can you tell us about him? Well, uh, Mr. Rudiger, he uh, he's more of a kind of like defensive defender. He doesn't get forward very much you know like was it like two assists last season yeah two assists no goals and he got quite a few yellow cards suppose he can play in right back as well but like according to whoscored.com he's he's bad at crossing so I can't imagine (laughs) like uh, Conte would want a bad crosser as his uh, right wing back so I think if he comes in he'll be one of the three central defensive pair and I was also thinking about Rudiger, and I was like, you know what? They've already got a very strong back three. So who is uh, Rudiger going to 
replace. Maybe maybe Cahill, maybe uh, Luis, I don't uh, know. I don't know. Probably the, not the, Afi. The free central defensive pair. <laughs> you just said. Awkward. Uh, shall, we, shall we move on from that one? <laughs> yeah, let's move on from that. And you, I mean, so you've got there's a couple of other new players coming in who who will strengthen Chelsea's spine. I mean, there's word that Matic is going off to Manchester United to be re, uh, reunited at United with uh, Jose Mourinho. Yeah. And you've got uh, Bakayoko coming in from Monaco, who um, looks a sturdy signing. We haven't really looked at him because we are assuming defensive midfielder doesn't really, isn't going to figure in FPL, but it will... Um, yeah, he probably won't be a 4.5 darling like Darren Fletcher. Though, <laughs> no, exactly. He is no Darren Fletcher. I love Darren Fletcher so much. The amount of times, uh, twice, this guy jumped off the bench for me with a goal or an assist last season. Just made me so happy, even though those weeks were really, really pouring. I had Martin Darun, so he was doing his own thing Martin, for me. Martin Darun, he's linked with Everton, apparently. I, I'm oh, assuming really? that's about yeah. later. Yeah, yeah. I didn't actually see that one. And I, I guess the final, the kind of final kind of thing on Chelsea as well. I mean, we've looked. Uh, I've said that you know between 14, 27 good fixtures. Um, we've got um, quite. They had quite a decent start last year before things started to fizzle out, and they beat, as I said earlier, Burnley 3-0 at home in their third third game, managed to draw 2-2 at Swansea, and then lost 2-1 to Liverpool away, and then went on to lose 3-0 against Arsenal, which prompted the swap, mm-hmm. which we saw. Um, so we've got two things, actually. First thing is Costa going out, and potentially Lukaku coming in. But the news today seems to suggest that Lukaku is also being courted by Manchester United. Supposedly, oh. but I don't know if he actually wants a reunion with uh, Jose Mourinho. We saw on um, Instagram that he started following other Chelsea players, so yeah. it seems like you know Chelsea is his preferred move. Uh, we, yeah, I guess so. And he would be like, well, I mean, probably I twelve million. But we're not going to speculate. But I guess he does. He does the same sort of job as Costa to some extent. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, he's not going to basically spend his time winding up defenders he's going to be more getting on with it but he will be the main man there if he goes I, I, I quite like him I think he I, would I'm be I'm a in. huge fan of uh, Lukaku I feel like the troll Kaku name needs to go now to be honest yeah. he's Lukaku isn't he yeah King Rom he, he will if he goes to Chelsea um, invariably I think kick on and, and so so I guess kind of before we move on to the next one which I guess is Spurs yeah um, how many che- are you looking at Chelsea, Nick? Is, is well, like Chelsea I said, I was thinking about them maybe getting in a defender. I don't like their opening fixtures is the problem. And also, like, in the last couple of seasons, and we kind of discussed it slightly, but there's always, like, over the summer, I noticed, like, the, the team that won the title always seems to struggle a little bit the following season. Yeah, I don't know. Uh... It seems to be a new trend, but I feel like it's the competitiveness of the Premier League, how competitive it is now, yeah. how many big clubs there are. You know, there's a it's essentially a big seven if if we include Everton who seems yeah. to be you know, really pressing on this yeah, summer. Yeah. And I mean the difference with Chelsea this year obviously is Champions League. Mm-hmm. They, they last year they were a really rare case of a big team. A big team not having any rotation issues because they didn't have the Champions League. It's happened, have to worry it's about happened a that. few seasons in a row, actually, because I think um, Liverpool, you know, the season they nearly won the title, they didn't have any Europe uh, last season. Yeah, yeah, of course. And then Leicester, of course, when they won the title, didn't have Europe. So Europe plays a big role. I mean, we've, we've looked at the rotation, actually, of the uh, Champions League as a uh, potential factor, you know, because these teams might be rotating their players as well. So you could... If you bring in one of their, you know, second midfielders, there's a good chance that they might not play in key game weeks. Uh, yeah, so I think you've got. Um, uh, we looked at when the group stages were played last year, and it looks like game week five, game week seven, game week nine, game week eleven, game week thirteen, and game week sixteen 
are the game weeks to you know, pencil in your diary, put a ring around them, because these might be the days when we're going to see players not show up for their clubs. I can see you, everyone, exactly. you, you're going to see people going, oh, no, no Kane, or probably not no it's Kane. Gonna, it's going to be something like, it's going to be a Burnley home fixture. You're like, yes, I've got you know my captaincy on Kane. And he doesn't end up playing in that plum home fixture against Swansea in game week five because Pock decides to play Son up front or, or something like that. <laughs> all right, so um, oh, it's, 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 so on Kane then, Nick. What, what have you found out about Spurs? He says, building his beard down his crotch. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, in regards to Spurs, I think the big question is, can they hang on to their best players? And as a Spurs fan, my gut is actually saying yes. And it's down really to Daniel Levy. I mean, he's such a strong negotiator. I think it's inevitable that Kyle Walker is going to be leaving the club, what with uh, Kieran Trippier now being tied down to a five-year contract. But I reckon it's going to be a long, protracted affair. You know, Manchester City aren't probably going to get them until the season's just about to start. And he's probably going to wait for about 50 million or, or something like that. Because um, I think Daniel Levy understands this, but if he if he lets Walker go, I think others might start knocking on the door. Perhaps some um, Danny Rose, perhaps Eric Dyer, and if if Eric Dyer ends up going, Deli Ali will like follow him because they're like basically best friends. Yeah, maybe, maybe. I, I, I'm not. I'm not sure. I think. There's always these kind of silly season rumors. The stuff about Kane going to United, I just think that's, that's absolute BS. Like, there's, there's no, there's it's not no happening. Way. No, why no. would he go? Like, that's, why? that's basically just you know Manchester United scouts just like leaking stuff into the media yeah, to try and you know unsettle bit... him. He's busy on his holidays. This He's just got engaged. Exactly. You know? this, this isn't a man who um, you know is is like some sort of mercenary. He is a guy who loves Spurs, like lives and breathes Spurs. Loves being one of their own. Oh yeah, he's fully committed. You know, like if Kane left I'd be shocked if Deli Ali like decided to go to Real Madrid in a couple of seasons it wouldn't be like as big a shock personally mm. but you know I, f- I feel like Kane lives and breathes Spurs yeah. and that's, that's a great thing as a Spurs fan and it's, it's a great thing for FPL as well I think yeah exactly I mean he, he's well pop, I think you know, my prediction is that he will be the top vice player next week um, mm. but what do you think about this Wembley thing then? Because a lot of people, I mean, Spurs always historically start a bit slow. Kane starts a bit slow to the season. That's a good point. I mean, the last couple of seasons, Kane's actually played in international tournaments. So he played last season in the European Championships over oh, the yeah. summer. We all remember And then, those. yeah, Lovely of course, that, like, that fantastic Iceland game. Let's not talk about that one. And then the season <laughs> before, he played in the uh, under-21s. So he's never really had a proper summer break. So I've got a feeling, you know, he's had a nice holiday. He's got engaged. He's going to be raring and ready to go. And I'm thinking about putting my captaincy on Kane for that Newcastle away fixture. Well, right. So right from the very beginning, you're going to be like, right, I'm, I'm going to go for it. And put I'm, it going, I'm going so, for it. Of course, I have to. Because so, that, that Newcastle fixture was the fixture... That uh, didn't they, they lost five nil, didn't they, to them uh, two, two was, years ago? I think it was five one, yeah, five yeah, one or something yeah, like that. Let's be fair, but um, no, <laughs> let's not talk about that game. And uh, that's, uh, I remember my um, I, I was being uh, I, I was being chased in in our gaming hole at the back mini league by uh, my arch nemesis, my cousin Mark. And he he triple captain Kane in that game. Oh, did he? But I remember just watching the Newcastle goals roll in, rubbing my hands as a hundred pounds was going straight to my bank balance. <laughs> um, anything else on Spurs, Nick? Well, I mean, I've just been looking at their opening fixtures, and after the Newcastle game, they're kind of a mixed bag. 
They've got like Chelsea at home the second week. So I'm not thinking about, you know, doubling or tripling up on Spurs. I want to diversify a little bit more, I think. So I think Kane is going to be my man. And then we'll have to see later on in the season. They don't, it's not really any patch where they have like an amazing run of fixtures, to be honest. It's kind of varied. They're opening five. um, After the Chelsea game, they've got Burnley. Then they've got Everton, which is, I suppose, okay-ish. Swansea, West Ham, Huddersfield, Bournemouth. So maybe after the Chelsea game, you might be thinking, especially if you're early wild wild carding, you might be thinking, okay, I can invest in Deli Alley perhaps, yeah. or a defender, maybe yeah. a cheap defensive asset. Because of I'm course, thinking, I'm thinking Eric Dyer might be reclassified as a defender. I'm thinking Trippier. I really am. Trippier as well, definitely. I think he he especially because I don't know how the algorithm, the pricing algorithm no. works. But it looks like if he gets, you know, even Carl Walker this season, last season, the season just gone, sorry, got 5.5, didn't he, as his starting mm-hmm. place. And he was in everyone's team from the Trippier is not going to be more than 5.5. I was exactly. pretty much guaranteed I mean, that. If that guy it's also five... um, Ben Davis, maybe, if Danny Rose isn't fit yet, because <laughs> you never know. I'm yeah. a, he's got a bit of a love in with Ben Davis, so I might, you know, sneak him in. But it really depends. And we'll discuss this more next week. So, like I said, we're not going to get yeah. too bogged down in yeah. the, uh, the players and the prices. Cool. Um, yeah, I've, I, I think that I'll probably be going for Kane. Oh, it's the fear factor. It's FOMO. I, I, I'd just be so worried. And if he's if he is top top dollar mm-hmm. and he scores and people start to bring him in, he rises to 13.1, 13.2, then it's going to be really difficult to get him back. Uh, yeah. Get him in without you know taking a big hit really early on in the season. Don't want to be doing that. So I probably will have him in. Maybe Trippier as well. Um, mm-hmm. uh, what, uh, to segue into Man City, what do you reckon Spurs' rotation is going to be like? I think, to be honest, it's probably going to be similar to this season. They had Champions League this season, and they didn't really... You didn't see much rotation. They had their core squad, essentially. You know, Deli Ali pretty much played every game. Harry Kane played every game. You saw a bit of rotation with Son, and it's probably going to be more of the same, I think. Yeah. But Manchester City, we're, we're looking at their players, and it's, we can't nail down a starting eleven at all, really. No, I mean, it is absolutely mad, Nick. Absolutely mad. I mean, last season, they had a really strong start under Pep, and people were you know, really, really um, encouraged and thinking that they're going to absolutely storm the league. Obviously, we saw... That not quite becoming true. This year they start away to Brighton, then they've got Everton at home, Bournemouth away, Liverpool at home, and Watford away. And um, the biggest kind of development city-wise is the signing of a young man called Bernardo Silva, who seems that maybe is the replacement for his namesake, Dave, uh, Dave, David, 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 David Silva. Um, but there's lots of descriptions of him in the press. Bernardo Silva that is which really set alarm bells ringing and Julian Lorenz in The Guardian said he sees things before everybody else does the space the pass the run he's always on the move his movement off the ball is sensational now that seems to describe Kevin De Bruyne David Silva and to some to some extent, you know, you've got you've got to worry. How is he Pep going to fit all these players in? Is it going to be a two? I think seven, you know two? Raheem Sterling and uh, Leroy Sane as well, of course. And Kun. And Kun and Jesus. And Jesus. And presumably you've got a defensive player. Yeah, he'll definitely play a so defensive you, player. So Fernandinho or Gundogan. Gundogan coming back. You've got mm. Yaya who's signing another new new contract. I mean, is it going to be some sort of new agey Peppy 
two one five two with two rotating Ooh. with two we'll have to figure false out number because twos. They don't have any fullbacks. Supposedly Kolarov's leaving as well. They haven't signed Alves or Walker. So if Kolarov leaves, they're literally going to be down to zero because they decide to release all their fullbacks, I, I can, all I the can, old boys like Sanyo and. I can uh, imagine what he'd do is just stick three at the that's two or three at the three at the back, just have and just have like Sana and uh, Sterling on the wings, just doing the whole channel. Maybe right? Sterling's going to be a new right back or something ridiculous. <laughs> right, so yeah, false, yeah, false number terrible. two. Terrible. Yeah. I mean, he. Uh, I just don't get it. Um, and I think one guy who I was looking at uh, to bring in in the beginning was Kevin De Bruyne. And I really like Kevin De Bruyne as a player. I mean, last year you had a lot of success with him, didn't you? I remember you captained him um, yeah. in, in the Aguero five-goal week, didn't you? And just about got away with it. Cause Aguero, well, I, think, I had Aguero as well. I think KDB got 20 and Aguero got 25. Yeah, so I ended was... up with a... You know, a decent return from that Newcastle that fixture. I mean, he, he suffered a terrible injury in his first season, De Bruyne. Um, he's, he played just 25 games. Uh, he got 131 points, and but that translates into 5.24 points yeah, per game. I would have really liked to like own KDB this season, but yeah. I just never had an opportunity to fit him into my team. What with Sanchez and Hazard and Harry Kane and Lukaku, I mean, where could you fit KDB with I those know. guys? I think, I think this, if if I am going to go with my three-five-two. Um, you know, he, Kevin De Bruyne's stats were embellished a lot by the last few weeks. He got seven assists and two goals in the last mm. five game weeks. A big glut. Um, but I think that he's, he will hopefully, if if Silva is going to do what David Silva does and assist the assister, mm-hmm. hopefully that will liberate Kevin De Bruyne, who has been playing quite deep this year yeah. compared to last year. He also, um, I think he hit the post more than any other player the entire season last year so you know he was quite unlucky not to score more points last season oh yeah I, I, I brought him in as we said I kind of alluded to it last time I brought him in um, because I was a bit drunk and fell asleep when I was planning to bring an Aguero last New Year's Day so I brought him in and captained him at home to Burnley and he did bugger all and then I think there, like he got a random goal and assist. Like, it just seems so random when he gets points. I mean, the one that I am looking at is Leroy, is, is Sana. And um, I think that you're mm. going to need uh, City under Guardiola do seem to start quite well. And um, I think you know, last year he got uh, he he 26 matches, five goals, seven assists, 105 points scored. But done a bit of maths. I'm not very good at maths, but I do do it sometimes. Uh, 4.04 is his points per game, which is 154 points if he played 38 matches. So that's in the top 30 overall and just two below Sadio Mane which I think is I think that's alright I will be watching and looking uh, out at but I think um, I think with City as well something which has kind of gone unnoticed is, is Edison the goalkeeper signing um, I mean I saw the calamity Claudio saved a bloody penalty three penalties three penalties he saved a bloody he saved a direct shot at him he saved it Unheard of, right? But with Edison there, I'm thinking that could elevate, you know, John Stones. That could elevate Vinny Company, who I do like owning. He does score goals. Um, Company he... is a great player if he can stay fit. That's okay. Right. <laughs> shall, shall we move on? Because of, so. of course we're getting sidetracked here, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Right. Let's let's talk about Liverpool then, Nick. Okay. So something about Liverpool that's very interesting is something we describe as the red roulette. So last season you had the red roulette going on with the midfield. And every week, people were saying, is it going to be Coutinho that scores? Is it going to be Firmino? Is it going to be Mane? And of course, Lallana as well. well. When he wasn't injured. I was going to say, now we've got another chap 
called Mohamed Salah, who's joined, and you've written a prospecting the prospects article about him, yeah. and he looks like possibly a cheaper option. I saw that I saw that Sky Football had actually priced him quite reasonably compared to some of the other Liverpool yeah. midfielders. I, I mean, so, so Salah was. I mean, his. Uh, I mean, obviously, the first time round at Chelsea, he was a player that Mourinho bought in, didn't fancy, and got rid of. Um, he replaced him with Quadrado, who he also bought in, didn't fancy, and got rid of. Um, but Salah, last season in Serie A, which isn't too bad, 15 goals, I think 8 assists. and uh, That's I think fantastic. We had him in the 220-point mm-hmm. mark, didn't we? And I think he's one of those. But you know, you've got, you look at it and you kind of think, you know what, if Mane is, say, 10, 10.5, and Salah is a bit lower... Then maybe I'll be looking at slow. What, what are the opening fixtures like? I mean, well, that, I mean, yeah, yeah, it's just relatively reasonable. You know, they've got Watford away at the beginning of the season. Then they've got Crystal Palace at home. Then they've got a t- couple of toughies, which you probably want to avoid. You know, Arsenal home, Manchester City away. But then they've got another run of three nice fixtures: Burnley, Leicester, and Newcastle. So, you know, I am definitely looking at a Liverpool player. But what I was saying about the Red Roulette is, you know, they've also got Kaita possibly coming for 70 million. That's another midfielder, and he, he can get forward. There's eight goals, so, wasn't it, last season? Yeah, yeah, it was. I mean, so then it's like, will the, will the ball land on Salah? Will it land on Coutinho, Firmino, Mane, or even Vinaldum, Henderson, Chan, or, or, or James Milner, you know? Oh, yeah, you and talk, talking about James Milner. He's going to be reclassified. I've, I've been raving about James Milner, boring James Milner, as people like to describe him as. I've been boring, raving about this guy. Because he's, he's likely to be reclassified as a defender. He spent the entire season on left-back. He's probably he's probably going to be playing left-back again next season. On pen- he's on penalties, exactly. And he's got attacking potential. So... There's a lot to be said about this guy. If he's not, if, he, if he's priced kindly, I will definitely be thinking about drafting him in into my defence because you get those extra points as a defender. Yeah, okay, yeah. I mean, I mean, um, the rotation's gonna be mad, isn't it? But again, you know, I'm looking at Mane. If you see what happened last year when Mane let, when Mane was was injured, and also when it went when he went away to the African Cup of Nations, Liverpool fell apart. Well, they didn't fall apart, but they didn't play anywhere near as well without that direct threat and I think with um, Firmino sorry not with Firmino with Salah there as well him and Mane on either wing Firmino I think is going to be the man who's going to be running the defenders and Salah and and Mane will be the men dropping into that space behind the defence or exploiting the pockets of space which Firmino will create um, which might mean that Firmino, I think, maybe does uh, see a decline in his points this year. And, and uh, Lallana as well, I think, might be the main fall guy. He might be the guy who's rotated more. What do you think? Uh, that, that was I'm, I'm my... not sure about that. I mean, Klopp loves Lallana. He was, he was, he was in, the me- was in the media the other day. Klopp was saying that some of the youngsters are like scared of playing in the the first team because they're starstruck by players like Adam Lallana and uh, I saw this article where it's like this big hug between Klopp and Lallana so you know but I don't know how much you can read into that I remember like Klopp had like a bit of a love in with Jordan Ive and then he, he sent him off to Bournemouth for 15 million so I mean <laughs> well, Klopp that, just has a love, love in with all his players really that's the thing though I think maybe he was doing it for uh, for, for uh, to, to, to elevate his price by saying he was a fantastic uh, fantastic player I'm guessing Eddie Howell was listening to him and, uh, and bought into it um, so I guess the, the the final kind of the final team we're looking at um, is, is United. We'll, we'll go to it. We'll um, kind of look at the UEL clubs after this. Yes, United obviously squeaked in via winning the UEL and they won two 0 against Ajax. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Last year, they started the season pretty well. Um, they won the first three and then went on to lose to the City derby. And they went on to lose 3-1 uh, against Watford. This year, they got West Ham to begin with. They got Swansea away, Leicester at home, Stoke away, and Everton at home. And to be honest, I mean, I'm looking at our little ticket, our fixture ticker here. We've just kind of uh, allocated scores to the other to, to all the fixtures, you know, like uh, like anyone, like, like I think most of the uh, blogs and pods out there have done. Um, United are inevitably going to attract a lot of investment at the start of the season, I think. Um, and we know that Mourinho is favours a small core of players that he always plays. I mean, I think it was a, in Ch- with Chelsea, didn't he? He only had like 15, 16 players. Yeah, so the season they won the, the title. Time. I mean, last season they did rotate a lot more, though. He's never really been settled with his first team. I've noticed, you know, like he wasn't sure about his central defensive pairing. He was rotating the fullbacks, like players like Mkhitaryan and uh, Juan Mata would come in and out. I mean, what do you think about Mata and Mkhitaryan? Well, I, I like um, I like Mkhitaryan. Um, I think that in the first season of Premier League, in the Premier League, a lot of players do seem to struggle. I mean, I, I was looking at Didier Drogba actually the other day for Lacazette's article when when he comes out. And he struggled in his first season. I think Mkhitaryan was really, really, really good for, for Borussia Dortmund. He really was. Um, I, I think the biggest the biggest one there is going to be if Matic and or Fabinho go, mm-hmm. that will free up Paul Pogba to get forward and hopefully provide some end product. Like, um, so, so you're thinking that Pogba could potentially deliver on his you know price tag this season? Yeah, I mean, he could be you know, Lampard. Uh, do Lampard box the box role mm-hmm. but he needs some end product that's the biggest problem with him I think he's only got like about 100 points this year or something like that but yeah I mean up front Zlatan he's, gone um, he's been released he's been released yeah. but I think Morata um, who's coming in from Real Madrid I mean he uh, we've been looking at him a little bit um, I mean he 180 he, in 26 games he got 118 points um, according to our system of course but the points per game was incredible. He came off the bench so much and scored. He would have got 4.54 points per game, which is basically the assist over the, every 38 game. Pretty damn good. 173 points. So that's the same as uh, Philippe Coutinho if he was playing in the Premier League. And, and the top five strikers as well. So the same level as Defoe. With the, fir- with the five fixtures, the first five fixtures being as they are, and the really good early run for United, I would not be surprised if people are setting up with Kane and Morata. And maybe you know, the, the kind yeah, of the United fixtures are incredible. I mean, it's a tough one because I'm looking at their team and I'm trying to think who would I actually bring in because I, it's not like I particularly, it's not the United of old. I just look at their assets. I'm like, you know, there's players I prefer from other clubs, but of course with the fixtures, I'm thinking I've got to bring in some United players. And you know, I'm I'm kind of in like low reaches. I'm thinking well, maybe Eric Bailly in my defence. Yeah, I think, well, him and uh, Lindelof, I think, are forming the meanest-looking defensive pair since Ferdinand Vidic. Yes. Uh, the, the biggest issue with the two of them is that they don't score goals. Uh, Lindelof last year didn't didn't do anything. Um, offers nothing going for Bailly as well. Absolutely zilch going for I mean, he hit the post for me, I think, in one of the games. Remember, mm-hmm. he got sent off in the UEL, so suddenly he was nailed on. And he was playing at right back, so but absolutely nothing. Neither of those two for six million, which they're probably going to be, they, they don't offer you anything, right? But, True. Well, what about Antonio Valencia? Then yeah, maybe as a right yeah, back. Tony V, I think, is probably going to be one guy, and I think probably Darmian if he's at left back. So I mean, I mean Luke I think, Shaw, <laughs> maybe not. Yeah, if, if I was Luke Shaw, I would be. Out I, I did have Luke Shaw at the beginning of last season. I thought no, it was going to be I his had season. Him as well. I thought he was looking quite good, but I mean, I mean, the, I think the key for United, I think. I think 
we'll see a lot of people probably with Pogba in their sides, especially if they sign Matic slash Fabinho. Mm-hmm. It, it was being reported widely that Matic was coming in. Um, I think we're probably going to be looking um, a lot of people with Morata if he does join. If he does, and then yeah. I think maybe it'll be a Valencia. Will be the other. Guy. I mean, there's also we haven't covered Rashford and Martial. Oh, as yeah, well. I mean, I mean Martial. Um, well, it seems like he he was in that the side as well. Um, We'll have to, have to just see how he develops this year and whether he fancies whether Mourinho fancies him and uh, Rashford again. I mean, if Morata doesn't sign early, feasibly, Rashford's the man, isn't he? Possibly. I mean, we'll have to see. That's the problem with Manchester United when you're looking at your team now. You don't know who to pick because there's so many options. There's not a nailed-on Mourinho side, is there? You know. Wayne Rooney looks like he might be out the door, but I read today as well that they can't sell him until they sign someone because they yeah, need him essentially. But he was in the pictures, the team, the team strip pictures. Yes. But I think that might be for marketing purposes. I read somewhere that he's the most recognised, most recognisable English footballer in the world, right? As in English, as in English English. But I think you know he'll go um, eventually. But I think mean, the bottom line here, Nick, is that two, two Man United, three Man United players, I think is not beyond the realm of possibility really early on. Right, let's, uh, let's take a break and then we'll come back and talk about the UEL 2 plus Southampton. Who got the assist? Who got the assist? So Arsenal aren't, aren't part of the Champions League 5 this season, are they, Tom? No, no, no they're not, Nick. And um, Well, it, it was uh, the first year... Since I can remember, I mean, it's about 20 years something that St. Tottenham's Day didn't happen. No, we've had a St. Arsat's Day instead. Oh, God. It's, it's, it's not good. And I've been, you know, I mean, we're, we're going to talk about Arsenal now. Um, it's it's just not been the best season. And the thing is, is that, you know, the last three or four years playing FPL and getting really involved with how teams generally are doing and how Arsenal are doing, particularly because obviously that's the team that I have some affinity for, thanks to Dennis Bergkamp, um, is, it's galling. And every year, it's systemic issues, systemic. Like, every time around March, there's just a collapse. There's a loss against a team like Watford. There's just the Wenger out brigade. And to be honest, I don't think that really helps the club mentality. No, definitely not. I'm... I'm, I'm a reluctant, I was a reluctant convert to the Wenger out brigade. So obviously, what he's done for the club's incredible. Um, but I mean, to bring it back to what we're here to talk about today, the first game week we have not done well. Last year we lost against Liverpool, for example, four three. And it was just, it was just crazy. I mean, we, we do have a couple of, we do have a couple of nice patches. So we've been, uh, I think, six game week six to nine. We've got West Brom. Um, hopefully, we'll be getting revenge on them. Um, Brighton both those games are at home and Watford away but the key this year for Arsenal will be the running and every year we do finish with a flourish after inevitably falling apart around kind of March time and for our our running so between game weeks 29 to 38 invariably there will be a double game which will will disrupt this Um, but we've got on paper at the moment we've got we start off with um, in game week 29 with Brighton away then Watford at home Leicester away Stoke and Southampton both at home Newcastle away West Ham at home, Man United away, which is the only team in the mm. top in the UCL five that we're playing. Burnley at home, and we end the season with Huddersfield away, oh, which so is a great run of fixtures, isn't it? Probably be their last fixture in the Premier League, to be fair. Um, I think. I mean, I've got a theory about this, and, I, and I've been propagating it a little bit. And my theory is that this year 
we spoke about Chelsea earlier with no European involvement therefore the best team was playing in the Premier League every week I think this year it could be Arsenal because even Gazidis went it was at a Q&A with the fans and he his focus was very much about how we can get that extra 10 points to take us from 75 points which is fourth place or fifth place as it was this year to, to, to winning the title so do you think they're going to be writing off the Europa League then and perhaps playing the B team the, the likes of uh, Welbeck or perhaps you know L&E and, uh... yeah yeah I think you're right I, I think it will definitely be the B team who are playing in the Europa League from the beginning um, I would be surprised if Wenger does go for it um, and, and really really puts goes all in on that um, I mean I think that would be the area where you're seeing Walcott where you're seeing where you're seeing um, you know uh, Kieran Gibbs, if he's still at the club, I think that, that that will be the place where those guys are playing. I mean, let, let, let's talk about the players a little bit. I mean, we're going to talk about them a bit more next week. But Alexis Sanchez, number one, I don't want to see him go. It will be a PR disaster if he goes to City and we become the Southampton to City's Liverpool. Mm-hmm. That cannot happen, as far as I'm concerned. It, it does seem like it might happen, though. You've got you've got Lacazette coming in though. He's had his uh, medical now. Well, the news today is that um, for coming out of Chile is that Sanchez is being held to his contract, which would be another year. And I think that might be the best thing for all parties. There might be a, a vague hope that he'll reconsider during the year, mm. or he'll go out on the free. And if he goes out on the free at the end, there's nothing we can do about that. But that is better than selling to a direct rival when we're in control. Of what's and you going might go on to Bayern Munich. And, yeah, I mean that that would be probably the best place for him to go. Frankly, um, I don't want to see him playing for City. And also, also, my God, that would add so much to the rotation maelstrom. I mean, I mean could... it'd be a shame to lose Sanchez from an FPL perspective because oh, he's yeah. such a, a great asset for us to own in midfield. Exactly, if he became a rotation irrelevance. I mean, I have. Um, I'm going for. I'm thinking. I'm going for a Kane plus cheap striker uh, front two in a three five two. Um, to have that space for Sanchez as being the premium mm-hmm. uh, midfielder, but it's a bit different. You, you must be now thinking about Morata, perhaps, or Lacazette. If, well, if Sanchez were, were, was to leave the Premiership, well, what I'm thinking about a lot is Lacazette. Um, Lacazette is coming in. This guy, 26 years old, same age as Drogba actually when he joined, but he has three years of really good, consistent records behind him. 20, 20 plus goals for three years in a row. 28 goals last year and three assists. I mean, that would have been. T- 266 points by a prospect in the prospects method that would have been top of the game um, his relationship with Nabil Fekker who's on the wing um, he's the kind uh, Fekker is the kind of guy who you know, plays um, plays little balls in the Ozil does mm-hmm. and there's a really good article that I linked on our Twitter recently about how Ozil and Lacazette could be a fantastic combination if you think about Fabregas and Costa a couple of years yeah, I mean, ago Ozil had a Bad season this season, but the season before that, I think he had a really good season. So you know, he he definitely might be someone in our thoughts again. Perhaps um, someone like Bellerin as well. Do you I, think he might I, be a bit cheaper this year because he had a? I wouldn't be surprised at season. all. I mean, I think, as I said a minute ago, that this might be the year where we have triple Arsenal, where there were triple there was triple Chelsea a lot last year. You know, you had Hazard, you had Costa, and you had Alonso as your spine of your team. I would not be surprised to see people having Bellerin, one of Sanchez and Ozil, and Lacazette in their teams. Um, I really am. I, it's I, I'm it's really a bold excited. statement to make. We'll have to see <laughs> I, what happens. I'm, to be I'm, honest, I'm, I'm not. I'm not entirely convinced by Arsenal. I, I don't necessarily think that they can compete with the top four. I'm not sure if they will finish in the top four personally, but that's that's my opinion. Perhaps I'm biased because I'm a Spurs fan. Yeah. Who knows? But 
I mean, we, we've also got the other the other newbie, uh, Kolasinac, mm-hmm. uh, who's just joined from Schalke on the freebie. I mean, he got three goals, five assists last year, and in our that was the very first prospects in the pro- prospects article we did, and we worked out that he got about 153 points. If he nails down the left wing back role, I think that we're looking at um, Monreal moving into the centre, who was playing in the centre a lot at the end of last season, and he, I think, will do the Espiliqueta effectively and play in the middle. Arsenal. Watchword is I think that we're going to see a tripled up meta forming, and I think um, you know having free Arsenal might be the stock thing, which happens. And I guess that brings us on to the other guys who are in the Europa League, Nick. And you've been having a look at Everton, haven't you? Yes, I have. And in, in contrast to Arsenal, we think that Ronald Koeman, he's he's a bigger fan of uh, Europe, and he, his his goal for Everton was to get them into Europe, and he was saying throughout the season that. Europe was the goal that he wanted to be in Europe. Yeah, I mean, he, he seems to think you know that if, if Everton do win the Europa League, then mm-hmm. you know, the league is really tough, as you said as said at the top of the podcast. But if they get into the Champions League, then suddenly you've got Everton who have I mean, they're spending a lot of money, which I'm sure you're about to come on to. Yes, you have Everton who are involved suddenly in this kind of top four, top five, top six kind of strata, which is really exciting. I think, I think it's a great time to be an Everton fan, and I wouldn't have said that a month ago with um, a lot of rumours around Romelu Lukaku wanting to leave and Ross Barkley also wanting to leave. Mm. But these the signings they've made, they've uh, signed Jordan Pickford, they've signed Michael Keane, they've uh, signed Clashen as well. Yep. They've also signed Sandro Ramirez, who uh, scored four goals and got three assists uh, last season so he's looking like a, a decent asset up front and they're still linked with other players they're linked with Gilfie Sigerton they're linked with Wayne Rooney um, yeah, he, possibly he, Giroud as well yeah I've watched so many times his stats are good 20 goals a season mm-hmm. but he is a B-grade striker he's not what he's Arsenal quite made. mercurial isn't he he is and he is the kind of guy who slows down the play fantastic off the bench but this Nick uh, I mean, there's something that we're going to be banging on, uh, banging on about quite a lot, actually. This is a World Cup year. Yes. Olivier Giroud is not going to be happy. Second fiddle to his competitor in the no, Lacazette. He's competing with Lacazette. He's competing with the likes of Kylian Mbappé to get into the France national team. Same with Anthony Martial as well, I suppose. Yeah, I He'd want so. to be part of the, uh, yeah, the World I mean, Cup may- squad. Maybe that would elevate Martial. I mean, there were mm. rumours linking him with Arsenal, actually. Um, but, but we're getting distracted by Arsenal again, think, yeah, Tom. Sorry, Let's sorry. just focus again on Everton. And something else about Everton that's quite exciting is, is the young players. So we've got the likes of Calvert-Lewin. We've got um, Lookman. And we've also got Tom Davis in midfield. And um, anyone who watched us, the under-20s saw that the Evertonians really impressed during that tournament. And I think Calvert-Lewin would be one to watch as a possible fourth midfielder because I think he might really step on next season. Yeah, and, and Tom Davis is a fifth midfielder as well. Is potentially yep. one. I mean, you've got Mason Holgate cheap. as well. Yep, Holgate as well because Coleman's um, probably going to be injured for a while still. So Mason Holgate, he stepped in at the end of the season. Quite a few people had him in because of his uh, cheap price. And he's likely probably to stay cheap again. So he might be an option. But the thing about Everton is to avoid them for the first five game weeks because their first five fixtures, they're not great. I mean, they've got Stoke, no, Stoke at home, which isn't you know a reasonable starter. But after that, they play Manchester City, Chelsea, Spurs, Manchester United. Just avoid, avoid, avoid. But after that, they've just got an absolutely 
fantastic run from about game week six okay, and okay, to yeah. um, until game week 15 really because um, the only tricky fixture between game week six and game week 15 you know top six tied is Arsenal oh, really? so that's that's a fantastic run for Everton and I'll be looking perhaps to double up but I will be you know I might have probably you know triggered my wild card at this point so yeah, I'll pro- I probably won't touch Everton I'd like to see who is in the first team at this point how the new signings are fitting in how it's working out and then maybe I'll you know, well, I probably definitely will invest around game week six when the, when the fantastic run begins, starting with Bournemouth at home, then Burnley at home, and then Brighton away. I mean, we've spoken about this to some extent. I mean, the Burnley fixture is the only one which kind of concerns me because that would be on a Sunday because Everton would be in the Europa League that week. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd be worried slightly, but you're completely right. From game week, game week five, six is when I typically also tri- trigger my early wild card. And if looking at the fixtures in front of us, I mean, you've got Everton with those fixtures. You've got Arsenal between six and eight, who have West Brom at home, Brighton at home, and then Watford away. Spurs have good fixtures as well exactly. around that time. And we see that we see kind of the fixtures of the meta will completely change. And that might be a good time to trigger that wild card, to take advantage of that and refresh your team very quickly. You think teams will have settled a bit, you have a better idea of what's going on. The international break would have would have happened as well. Whoever's winning your mini league at that point, if they do keep going, um, we saw in our mini league someone top very, very quickly. They were unassailable actually for the majority of the season. Yes. Alright, Southampton? So Southampton, in contrast, they've got absolutely great opening fixtures. So you should definitely be thinking about a Southampton player um, at the beginning of the season. They they start off with a a very nice fixture, home to Swansea. Then they've got West Ham away, Huddersfield away, Watford home, Crystal Palace away. Then they've got Man U at home, and then they've got Stoke away, Newcastle home. So that's, that's, you know, just one tricky fixture out of the first eight. So definitely looking at Southampton. They've got a new manager in, it's Pellegrino. Not not Pellegrini, it's a totally different person. And they've got no Europe this year as well, so their focus is purely going to be on the league. In terms of attacking options, they've, they've got a bit, it's a bit of a weak spot for them. They really ended the season quite badly, you know. A lot of us had Gabby Adini in the team and he, he didn't perform for anyone. Not me. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, it was a really bad signing. But they've been linked with an interesting young player called Jan Caramo, who he plays for Kane. He's only 18, so he might be one to look at, perhaps. There's a bit of a punt, to be honest. I'm really thinking, when I'm looking at Southampton players, I'm thinking about their defence. Uh, Bertrand. Surely. Bertrand, yes. I mean, Van Dyke. Probably not. He's probably going to be a bit too expensive and he's a bit unsettled at the moment. The other guys, I, I really liked Yoshida and uh, Jack Stevens last year, but there's going to be a bit of rotation risk there. I think your main man is Ryan Bertrand or perhaps Cedric. They're going to be on the, the fullback positions. Yeah, I mean, They're going to be attacking. Cedric is being linked with Barcelona. Oh, I, I think he's a, he's a very good player, to be honest. Really? I, I thought, well, I remember when he played for Portugal and they won the European Championships. Cedric was in my. Uh, your Europa League yeah, game, uh, game yeah. winning your European Championship yeah. fancy football team I, I, I actually I actually won you know I, know, <laughs> I won I know. the mini league yeah. that time yeah, yeah, for yeah, a change the newbie Nick won the mini league and that was um, with Southampton I guess the contrast is with Everton is that Everton are going to probably be rotating a lot because of the Europa League and because I think they will be fighting on all fronts. Southampton, as you say. Yeah, I Southampton think more of a settled squad. You're, Everton have bought so many players that you're kind of wondering how they're all going to fit into the team. 
Well, Southampton, you know, they're, they're one to watch, but I'm looking more at the defence compared to the attack. I'm not sure about their attackers. Yeah, yeah, maybe I mean, Charlie Austin if he gets fit but, again. Uh, uh, no, Pellegrino, I mean, we looked at the stats, didn't we, for when he was uh, the Alaves manager, and he loves a 4 2 3 1, which mm-hmm. immediately makes you think, well, Gabbiadini and um, Austin are in competition for that lone forward role. Or Shane Long. Or Sh- Shane Long. Don't, <laughs> don't, forget, forget, don't forget Shane Long. Don't forget the schlong. Um, you um, know, maybe Dusan Tadic will step up. Nathan yeah. Redmond, of course, as well. Oh, yeah. He's always someone to la- think about. Had him last year. I mean, uh, Dusan Tadic is interesting, actually, because he could be number 10. But he was played on the wing a lot by Puel had defensive duties. Mm-hmm. If he's a pure number 10, like an Ozil-esque number 10, yeah. he could actually be another man who kind of waggles his hips persuasively <laughs> he is definitely one of those players that's always had really good underlying stats, but not necessarily delivered in terms of FPL points. So he is—he's one to watch, I think. But you know, I wouldn't necessarily say, guys, get do some tactics in your team. You yeah. know, that'd so, be a bit so too much of a risk. Is, is, I think. is this one or two Southampton players for you? Do you think that? Um, well, at the beginning, I'm, I'm definitely thinking about a defender with those plum fixtures. I can't say I can't necessarily say two it's maybe you know there's, there's no one that really appeals to me yeah. as a midfielder or an attacker I, I just, I, it's I, a bit too much of a risk perhaps I just, I just don't want to go back I mean I've had Redmond last year hmm. game week one I just don't want to go back I, I don't want to, I don't want the same player it's not I, exciting is I wouldn't it? necessarily rule out doubling up in defence to be honest like it's not You're something that I think about lightly but I doubled up in Southampton defence at the end of the season and I doubled up in United defence and that actually really paid off for me. So doubling up is not... I've, and I also did it a few seasons back, I remember, because I had um, Fraser Forster and I had Ryan Bertrand in my defence and they were both getting oh, so many you... clean sheets that season. Anyway, um, so let's move on to the mid-bracket after this quick break. Who got the assist? Who got the assist? Right, um, so let's talk about the mid, let's talk about the mid-rangers. And, and the first thing to say, of course, is these guys are, in, are the rotation guys. These are the guys who... Yeah, we, we stick in and we stick out, and we, we these are the guys who are, we're going to be transferring in the whole time. If you've got a big asset, you're not going to be removing them. But if you've got like you know a good set of fixtures coming up, you're going to be taking them out, taking them in. And you know we've recently seen a lot of kind of planning around rotations. We never ever ever rotate after game week one. People who say they do, I think, are talking rubbish. I think that you if you if you plan to rotate. I think you forget about that, really. I, really I think it's just a case of a lot of people having a bit of spare time and <laughs> yeah. over-analysing things and, a little uh, bit with the rotations. And, and we certainly are. The sort of people who have too much spare time. Yes, definitely. So, I mean, there's a couple of really nice freeway rotations. Or West Brom, Swansea and Burnley um, yep. gives you something really nice. Uh, Crystal Palace, Burnley and West Ham give you something nice. Um, but Swansea and West Brom as well. Yeah, the two of them together. No, I think let's uh, let's talk about West Brom quickly. So we've, we've written a big piece on the fo- on the website as well about West Brom, which yeah. is worth checking out. Yeah, fix up, look sharp, and um, <laughs> and like Southampton, they've got a very good very good start, and they've got Bournemouth at home, Burnley away, Stoke at home, Brighton away, and then West. West Ham that's, um, a, that's a very um, good start and so, so who are you thinking in terms of West well, Brom then? well West Brom the key thing to know about West Brom is that as soon as they're mathematically safe they stop playing um, last year after they beat us 3-0 they proceeded to not score a goal for five games and didn't win a single game of their last nine games um, yeah. but from the beginning when Pulis actually cares and when the players actually care and the big one's probably Michael Dawson um 
Yeah, I mean, we covered McCauley a bit on our first pod and how we both didn't own him. But he, he's getting on this guy. Like, yeah. he's going to be 38, I think. Mm. And so there's some news that they're signing Mark Wilson, actually, um, who Pulis used quite a lot when he was at Stoke. Stoke he yeah. could be the new guy. But anyway, Michael Dawson um, was in the top five scorers this year with four goals. And last year, he got he was in he, last season, uh, so 15-16. He was third on their top scorers list. And he scored four goals each time. They bloody love scoring from the back. Um, and I think that that might be something that would genuinely kind of bring in. I mean, um, going forward into the midfield, you've got um, uh, the new man, Jay Rod, uh, who's come in yes. um, a little while ago um, in 2013-14. He scored 15 goals and got three assists. I do remember that season when he was playing for Southampton. Yeah. He smashed it. He was, uh, if he's come in as a support striker for Cedo Barahino, uh, replacing him, mm-hmm. that that's really interesting. And he was classified as a midfielder as well, so you know he's going to get those extra points that those forwards don't get. Exactly. So. Not bloody Rondon. The one man. And that's that, the man you're not recommending. Yeah, two got, I, uh, I had seven weeks of him serially bothering the woodwork. Every time I looked at live score, hit the post, hit the bus on the Rondo, Rondon, but the only output in them was F- FPL was two points, two points, two points, one point, two points. Absolutely you know, useless. There's Matty Phillips as well, midfield. But mm. your recommendation in the uh, article is actually NASA Chadley, wasn't it, Tom? Yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan of Chadders. Um, I mean, he, in 2014-15 for Spurs, 160 points, 11 goals, 8 assists. Top 30 mid- overall, that would have been this year. Top 20 midfielders, that's pretty damn good if he can do it again. Gets, gets pre-season on his belt and gets in kind of form. Uh, the other thing to talk about there is the goalkeepers. Um, I love and we'll talk about this a bit more on the next pod, but I love the cheap 8.5, Aaron the spare. You, you have the main goalkeeper, that would be Ben Foster, backup goalkeeper, which would be uh, Boaz Myhill. Myhill was 4.5 this year, but that was because he played a lot, covering Ben Foster after he had a terrible mm-hmm. injury. Um, but the next year, this could be 4.5, 4.0. That could be perfect. The only issue could be that I could end up with three West Brom spots taken up by... Foster, Myhill, and Dawson. So triple defence then potentially there. So you mocks me for uh, thinking about doubling up on Southampton, but you're thinking about doubling up on the West Brom defence. I, I guess you're not with with, uh, with West Brom. If you if with the defenders, you aren't you, you aren't really paying for. I mean, last year they kept six clean sheets. The season before, eleven clean sheets. Um, you're not uh, six clean sheets. By the way, is quite decent in a very high scoring Premier League year. But you're not really paying for that. You're paying for kind of the hope they're going to get a clean sheet. And early on in the season, they do keep clean sheets. But you're paying for the for the, the threat of set pieces. And Michael Dawson, four goals per season. Rubbish on FIFA, as we both know. Rubbish on Football Manager. But for some reason, Pulis plays him. And that is because he gets his head up. What about Chris Brunt as well? Oh, Brunty, Brunty, Brunty. Lost, uh, sensationally lost, a, lost an assist. Yeah. Um, when Macaulay's hair follicle scored a uh, scored a goal. Yeah, and I had Jevons as well, so it was a double whammy blow for me. Horrible experience. Yeah, I, I, I think it was one of those where we were all just watching and we were exhorting a market fancy football scout. Uh, please just. Just award it, award it well, to front. Award it everyone in our, apart from me and you. Everyone in our mini league basically had Macaulay as well, so was, they all got the points. All the casuals got those Macaulay points. It was upsetting. But the great thing about West Brom is that they also have quite a decent rotation. Um, they have a decent rotation with Swansea uh, from the very beginning. Um, if you've got their defenders, you've got 
Bournemouth, Burnley, Stoke, Newcastle, West Ham, Watford, Huddersfield, Leicester, Man City, which is a bit dodgy, Brighton, Burnley, Bournemouth, Newcastle, and it goes on. Um, but if you had those, I mean, those are probably going to be they're probably going to be my third and fourth defenders. Will be the ones who switch if I'm doing three at the back, which I will. Um, I think we're looking at something quite nice there um, with that kind of setup. But I mean, we just have to see. I mean, Dawson's going to be five mil- five million, I think. So. Um, I, I, I don't know. I think, okay, I shall we move on to Bournemouth next? Yeah. So, in terms of Bournemouth, there's, there's a couple of players that I've sort of got my eye on a little bit. Um, one of them is, is Josh King. He was um, a starlet last season. He was one of those hidden gems we've been talking about. Yeah. You know, he was cheap. He, he scored tons of goals, got loads of points for everyone yeah. involved. He got like four goals before anyone noticed that he was scoring yeah. goals. It was incredible, actually. And it was around the double game week and yeah, when he, he was, pulled the wild cards. He was competing with Harry Kane as well for most goals in 2017. He was absolutely smashing it from oh, January he onwards. Was a man. Uh, so yeah, definitely Josh King is someone I've been thinking about. Um, and in terms of their fixtures, I mean, they've, they've got quite a decent first couple with uh, West Brom away and Watford at home. And then they've got challenging fixtures against City and Arsenal. And then they've got Brighton. So, you know, it's, it's a mixed bag. But like uh, Tom mentioned, they've got you know you can rotate them with some other teams. You should just look around and uh, someone else I've been looking at as well is uh, Nathan Ake. So yes. we've been we've been thinking about a lot about Nathan Ake. He finished the season at three point seven. So we've kind of been on Twitter saying to the FPL Towers saying you know why don't you price him at four point five and you know he's not that good anyway. But we're <laughs> we're big fans of Nathan Ake actually. Are, I mean we before we went back to Chelsea on loan, you know. He, um, on loan to Bournemouth, he got in eight games, Bournemouth won four and they drew one and he also scored three goals. They got a few clean sheets in that period as well. And Nathan Ake was absolutely dominating it and he, he was looking like a potential um, FPL star for those that got him in. And I think it's fair to say for all of these teams, when we get below the UEL lot and Southampton's maybe exempted as we spoke about, these are the teams where you can pretty much guess what the first level is going to be. You've got a few kind of issues. So Bournemouth would be, you know, you've got the junior Stanislaw thing. Where is he going to keep playing? You've got, you know, your kind of forgettable Dan Goslings, who signed a new contract, actually. Um, Harry Arter, etc., etc., in midfield. Uh, the big one for Bournemouth, there's two. One is uh, Begovic, who might change how that defence goes, especially with Ake there as well. And the other one is uh, Jermaine Defoe. Um, who finished fifth amongst all strikers last year. Um, got a goal or an assist every two games. With Bournemouth and you, with the supply lines, you've got Jordan Ibe. Everyone's favourite. Uh, oh, yeah. Not ping, sure ping so much the, about Jordan Ibe. Pinging the balls um, probably way over the um, Charlie Daniels as well. He's, oh, he's a very man. popular FPL asset. I don't yeah. think he'll necessarily be on pens, though. It'll be interesting. I think Josh King probably will retain, yeah, I mean, retain I mean, pens for Bournemouth. I think it's fair to say that we're both kind of going to have West Brom players to begin with. Bournemouth, are you interested, Nick? Well, I mean, I'm not sure at the moment. I'm thinking definitely about Nathan Ake. It's worth looking um, at them from game week 11 onwards because they've actually got a great run of fixtures then. Really? Yeah, it's worth checking out, definitely. Okay, and I think Ake as well, 4.5, if he if he is there... He, yeah. might, he might be one I mean, we'll have to see goals. I remember because um, Steve Cook started this season at 5.0 so it, it, you have to see on the prices like I said we can't speculate too much fair enough I mean uh, so I guess kind of in this bracket um, you've got West Ham um, my local team I can see 
the Olympic Stadium from from my yeah, flat on the train <laughs> yeah, <laughs> on the way in and um, the first five main nights of the way Southampton Newcastle uh, away Southampton was at home Huddersfield at home and then uh, Brighton away uh, last year they lost one two three four of their opening five fixtures the the good run for West Ham will come a lot later in the season they've got a patch of five fixtures we've picked out between 23 and 27 where they play Huddersfield away Bournemouth at home, Palace at home, Brighton away, then Watford at home. That might be a good time. Um, my key points on the, uh, on this one, Mikhail Antonio. I love Mikhail Antonio to the uh, opprobrium of many people on Twitter. Um, I owned Mikhail Antonio last season, like between uh, 16 and 29, and he got me 4.76 points per game, um, especially... Yeah. Uh, a big free assists in game week 21 the perfect third midfielder I mean he does something he, once every he's three. great with his head as well exactly. I think he scored more header the, goals the Mikel Antonio else. zone um, uh, he was the perfect third midfielder does something every 2.5 games absolutely excellent Lanzini by the way in the same period only got 4.5 point mm-hmm. per game but yeah a, a potential free row, a free row rotation potential X, Y and Z they're sticking with, they're sticking with Bilic Recently, we've seen that Javier Hernandez um, has been linked with them. Um, they've yep. been looking for a striker for a while. Ike Nacho was also linked. And Giroud, maybe. Maybe. Maybe, if he wants to stay in London. Um, but the Mexican flags at, at Upton Park could be brought out again in Stratford. Uh, they were for Pablo Herrera and Guillermo Franco, who came, saw, and was promptly forgotten. Um, but West Ham, well, I think we're probably looking at Antonio, probably, as our third midfielder. We're not looking at Andy Howell. as as an option, maybe. If there's double game week, that would be nice. But they're filler. Rather yeah, than I haven't really looked too much at West Ham to be honest. They're not no. sort of top of my thoughts, especially no. at the beginning of the season. Really, no, yeah. definitely not. But I think one team which could be good and the the former champions, uh, Leicester. Yeah, so I mean, Leicester are definitely an interesting case, and their first five fixtures are pretty awful. So you know, I, I wouldn't necessarily say get. Get Leicester in straight away. They start with um, Arsenal away, and they've got you know a reasonable fixture against Brighton, and then they've got Man U, Chelsea, Huddersfield, and then Liverpool as well. So it's kind of a, an avoid situation, I would say. Mares, he looks likely to possibly leave. He's been linked with Arsenal, with Arsenal. So I'm not necessarily saying he's going to be around. There's a couple of hidden gems, perhaps. Um, Harry Maguire, they've signed. He looks like a strong prospect. He scored a couple of goals as well. But it's interesting to see who they drop out of, who for Morgan or if one of them actually goes. So there's a bit of rotation. I'd like to see um, what Damari Gray produces as well next season. I think he's definitely a player to watch. He was impressive in the under, under-21s tournament. And um, he's he's been in the media a lot. He says he wants more playing time. If Mares goes... It opens up a slot in the team for him and he may thrive next year. But we'll have to see with Demary Gray. If he stays with Leicester, you know, he definitely offers a lot of potential as a young player. I think so. I I don't want Mares at Arsenal, by the way. I think he's a fair weather player. We've got too many of those players whose heads go down if we're not doing well. Um, Not really on the pitch. We saw last year, obviously, you found out in game week one when they lost a hole. That he's not. If things start to go not well, he doesn't play very well. If they yeah. play well, then he's great. But we've got so many players like that Arsenal. Uh, mm-hmm. that just, I, I can't see him. I can't see him so, going. So they've been linked as well recently. Um, looks like they might be buying Vincente Ibora, who has uh, been dubbed the Spanish Fellaini. 
which yeah. <laughs> so maybe he's an interesting option as a, a midfielder. I mean, he got seven goals last he season. Fun... He got two assists. But he also got nine yellow cards, so he might be one of those ones that ends up on the suspension tightrope from, right. from FFS. Yeah, yeah maybe. So, yeah. Fun fact, though, he scored seven goals three seasons in a row. Could it be four? Could Lightning yeah. strike four times? He might be a potential cheap midfield asset, but he's definitely he's definitely one to watch, I think. Yeah. So, I mean, Leicester are one of those teams that if they are doing okay, or and if they've got good fixtures coming up, then you would be thinking, you know, Jamie Vardy, there's no way he's going to get the same valuation this year as last year. No, he'll I be mean, cheaper. You, you're looking at about 8.5 maybe for him. Um, obviously, we'll find out next week. Um, Mares, don't know where he goes. We're hoping that the game reopens as he's still a Leicester player. If he does go to Arsenal, then that might be quite nice. Mm-hmm. But Leicester, the, as a whole, are players that you are going to be bringing in if they've got a good run of fixtures rather than yeah and at the beginning of the season their fixtures aren't great but the ones I would say to watch are um, Harry Maguire and Damari Gray starters and you'll have to see who else they buy in the the window cool and very similar to that um, Stoke City um, last year they had a horrendous start to the season an Everton-esque start to the season Um, they drew with Middlesbrough away their first fixture then they had Man City, Everton and Tottenham in short order. They lost all those. Yeah. And they also lost away at Crystal Palace. This season they start against Chelsea away, so they will be absolutely destroyed there, I'm sure. But then they've got Newcastle at home, United away. And then two really nice fixtures, uh, Huddersfield and Watford at home. Um, a good run for them is going to be around game week 9 to 13, where they've got, they've got quite, uh, five quite nice fixtures and 7 to 20 again during the Christmas period and they've got quite, quite nice fixtures. Um I mean, for them, I mean, the number one for me is that Darren Fletcher has signed for Stoke. Um, very exciting there news. There you go. Very, very exciting news. He is going to be probably my, my fifth midfielder just because I, I love the man so much. Um, last year, I had Eric Peters in my team uh, for quite a, uh, for quite a while. The perfect 4.5 defender. Didn't really care if I started him or he was on the bench. I was looking at two points every game week. If he got a clean sheet, that was great. The occasional I think he did quite well nice. for you, actually. In the he end, did, in he? game week 27, um, with, uh, when Stoke had double game week because of the Manchester double game week. He got me 14 points, I think it was. Oh, that was, that was all right. Yeah. And also you've got um, Joe Allen, the king enabler for a while. So uh, he, he usurped uh, Etienne Capu. Um, but, I mean, a lot of it's going to be enabling and padding out your team with Stoke I think I mean, you've, got, you've obviously got Arnautovic who's always there and could potentially be somebody I do remember figures. Arnautovic you know delivering from me a couple of seasons ago yeah but there's always that That's one always a... sort of Stoke midfielder I remember Jonathan Walters as well a few seasons ago I don't think he's going to be have too much of an impact this season to be honest yeah I mean you had that 4-3 against Everton where Arnautovic got a, got, got a brace I mean there's always that happen. one game where Arnautovic randomly I mean, scores yeah. a brace against Manchester City or yeah that's it, it and you've got you've got a good old Shakiri Shakiri as well yeah um, but I, I'm not uh, you, and, uh, 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 you can probably tell this is we're not too not we're too not, overly thinking, enthusiastic you know we're, we're not going to infuse about the merits of Peter Crouch to be honest you know certainly not well, that rounds off the uh, the mid bracket. Um, so the lower reaches, Nick. I think we can probably go into this in this section, shall we? Yeah, let's move. Let's move on. So the first one is Palace. Uh, obviously, Frank de Boer's just joined uh, as the manager. Um, they announced it through uh, a video of the local jerk Caribbean shop. 
and they did kind of white smoke coming out of the top like papal, a papal election I've, I've noticed um, football teams seem to be getting a bit more creative with their approaches yeah, this yeah, there's something there's like some interesting reveal of the Southampton kit involving an interactive video oh it was crazy they, they did something with Bedenarak who's just joined there they, they were just like guess who's joined and no one knew who he was so they had to, they had to put something out very quickly to say actually this is Bedenarak I mean Frank de Boer would be interesting and they've got they they've got a really good start. Uh, they've got a really good opening fixture. Sorry, they've got Huddersfield at home, Liverpool away, prime Benteke territory. My captain in game week thirty four with a brace against his old club away at Liverpool again in, ga- in game week two could happen again. Home against Swansea, away against Burnley, home against Southampton. That's the opening five. And they've got a really good run between game week thirteen and seventeen. They play Stoke, Brighton, West Brom, Bournemouth, and Watford. The two I'm looking at. Obviously, going to be Zahar and Tekkers. Frank de Boer is an adherent of, of the Ajax style 4 3 3. If you played the old school football manager, uh, championship manager back then, you could, you could, one of the preset tactics was Ajax 4 3 3. And it seems to me that Tekkers might be a good kind of option in the beginning, especially with my 3 5 2 idea. If I've got him alongside Kane and then a 4.5 fire and forget third striker, that frees up so much money. Hopefully, if he's seven point five, I think that'll be great. Okay, so next is Swansea. Um, I'm, I'm a little worried about Swansea. I've always been a big fan of Swansea ever since they joined the Premier League for the first time. I really liked um, the likes of Michu and then Wilfred Bonny as well. And I mean, their main man is, is Gilfie Sigurdsson. But if, if if they sell him, and it seems like they might be selling him, I think they're gonna they're gonna struggle. They can't sell him. Well, we we today did you see this? You saw the, I showed you the the Spurs thing, didn't? Yes, I? that's right. Spurs. Yeah. I really hope he doesn't go because he is just going to be on the bench, rotating, doing the Lamella role effectively. I think that'd be really sad. He's an FPL darling. We don't want him to become an FPL irrelevant. Well, we'll have to see with Gilfie, but he is the key man for Swansea. And he's he's been a great source of points for um, people who have been willing to invest in him. He's he's been on free kicks, corners, pens. He gets assists galore. He can score. He's their talisman. He doesn't get rotated. So I mean, he is their main man, really. So we will have to see if they can replace him if they do sell him. Otherwise, they've they've got um, Tammy Abraham in, and we've released a uh, prospecting the prospects article up today on him as well. So they've got him in. On loan from Chelsea, yeah. and in um, in the Championship, he scored twenty three goals and got three assists. So he's definitely a, another cheap attacking option as a p- potential third striker. Yeah, and yeah. I think he's a, he's a young player with a lot of potential. Yeah, I mean, Lorente's broken his arm. Yes, yeah, so and Lorente will be out. So well, Abraham it's, it's, will. Um... It's, it's, quite, it's questionable whether he'll be back. I'm not too sure. I mean, they've got Jordan Ayew there as well now. Um, no, I don't. Playing... I don't really rate Ayew from his time at Aston Villa. He's never really performed in the premiership to be honest so we'll have to see how that goes but Abraham could be potentially very very interesting I'm mean, surely they've loaned him out to blame um, 23 goals you say in the championship with Bristol City uh, he finished 11th that's pretty good on 21 uh, European championship he scored in the semi-finals looked quite poised although there was a mixed bag of reviews about his performances overall yeah um, we had some negative feedback about him what, what were their fixtures like Nick? well I mean they, they start with uh, Southampton away then it's Manchester United at home, Crystal Palace away, Newcastle home, Tottenham away. So it is a it is a mixed bag, to be honest. I'm not necessarily going to get a Swansea player in, even though they might be quite cheap. I'm a bit concerned about how they're going to perform. I'm probably going to be more looking at 
the teams playing Swansea and captaining them. But um, one person who you who should probably look at in defence is Alfie Mawson. So he scored um, he scored four goals last season, which is pretty impressive for a defender. So he's definitely a player to watch if he um, if he can continue his form um, from defence. Then he could be an interesting source of points. Yeah, for sure. And then um, I like it because it has assonance. But Dawson Mawson. If you decided to go down that route, and have, I think they're both be five point zero. Yeah, exactly. Because you said about rotating Swansea exactly, and West Brom exactly. earlier. You've got Bournemouth, Burnley, said, Stoke, yeah. Newcastle, and West Ham as the, as the first five, which I think would be quite decent. I'm guessing that your wild card would then kick in. So next, we've got Burnley, Tom. Yeah, uh, very exciting. Um, last year they uh, they get the, they were Fortress Burnley at home, six clean sheets. Which is pretty pretty good for a promoted side, and memorably in game week two they beat Liverpool two 0 at home, which was everyone was quite surprised about. I think I had Firmino back then again and didn't go very well. I mean, the key thing there is one Tom Heaton. Um, I was an idiot in game week in game week five last year because I removed Tom Heaton in order to afford my Costa Kane Lukaku front line and went with the Pickford Jakupovic setup. Without Michael Keane though, Nick. I kind of worry about Burnley at the back. I'm concerned about Burnley as well. And to be honest, I mean, I haven't like massively analysed them because I'm probably not going to be investing heavily in them. I mean, the only one I would be looking at is Tom Heaton as a possible goalkeeping option. But I because he got the top score of the season out of all the goalkeepers, surely he's going to be priced at 5.0. Maybe that's going to be too expensive for me. I'm thinking maybe about Jack Butland, actually, as a possible goalkeeping option. Yeah, it was a 4.5. I think Tom Heaton, if he's 5.0, I, I personally will forget, just better forget about it. I think some casuals will look at last year, sorry, casuals, and say, you know what, Heaton, yeah, he played very well last year, so I'm going to get him in. Um, but if, I, they're I not, if they're not going to keep clean sheets and, and we're suspected they're going to struggle now they've lost Michael Keane, then I'm not really thinking too much about I mean, investing in Tom Heaton or we'll, going for him. We'll have to see what happens with, with, with that Keane money. But I can see, you know, they're the sort of team that could stay up by the skin of their teeth as they did this year. I mean, there's only Watford, I think, between them. They've only won the away game, game week 35 mm-hmm. away at Palace. Yeah. They were not. A particular, they were the kind of team who were hanging on in there, and credit to them for doing so. I saw um, Andre Gray as well. He's been linked with a move away. Um, Everton have been linked. I mean, Everton are linked with everyone, but yeah, they've exactly. been linked with Andre Gray as well. I mean, bear, no, he was. You know, I think, I think it, was about, it wasn't that he, he scored. He did pretty well. He was in our opening squads. Wasn't he, he was in our opening squads, um, and he was doing quite well until um, the, an unfortunate tweet. Uh, emerged in the public eye which I think it did um, hamstring his season a little bit and he never really picked up from that experience so he'll be one to watch but you know I'm not necessarily going to risk him again to be honest yeah Burnley just to end um, their best they're they're very patchy throughout the year um, but their best run is probably the run-in so if they are hanging on in there maybe put a bet on them to keep up from game week 32, they have a really good run of fixtures, and obviously there'll be double game weeks involved. Um, but they only played Arsenal of the top you know, six teams last year. Um, Watford are the last ones. Yeah, they're the last of the uh, lower reaches, and I'm, I'm a little concerned as well about Watford and how they're going to do next season. They, they've got, you know, 
tough um, start with uh, Liverpool at home. But then they've got Bournemouth, Brighton, Southampton. I think they're three key fixtures, which we can determine whether they're going to do well or whether they're going to struggle. And then their fifth game of the season is Manchester City at home. They've got the new man in, Marco Silva. And you see, he nearly he nearly actually kept Hull up. So he's he's very talented manager. So he might we'll have to keep an eye on him and see what he can do with the club. In in terms of key men, uh, Pereira's now back, and um, he's someone that's uh, a lot of people have been talking about online as a potential uh, midfield asset next season. So he's definitely one to watch. He had a horrific injury, but he's now back in training, which is um, fantastic for the club because they. They need him. Um, up front, you've got Troy Deeney, of course, Captain Troy, um, the big man. Um, you know, he didn't necessarily have a great season last year, but he's reliable for those pens and stuff. So he's definitely someone to for us to keep an eye on. Um, and also we've got in defence, um, the other person I've looked at is um, Holabaz. So, you know, problem with Watford last season is they were quite leaky at the back. You know, they, there were some games they'd you know concede four up to four goals um, quite regularly, and also Holabaz got fourteen yellow cards more than any other Premier League player last season. So discipline is something to watch with him. But a lot of people are big fans of this guy because of um, the attacking potential that he offers. And you know, like that one week everyone was celebrating because he got that fifteen points. But the thing about Holabaz, he's just as likely to get you a minus one as a fifteen. So you you just have to. You know, it's a it's a chance though if you, if you want to take yeah, a gamble exactly. on Holabaz, and it'll probably be priced up to five, I reckon. This exactly. You've, as well. got, you've, got, you've got that new the new right back Aminia who's come in, and he, he mm-hmm. could mean that Jan Matt ends up out of position, uh, right winger as he was playing a lot last year. But have to with Marco Silva, what kind of happens there? Um, so uh, should we take a break and then we'll go over the promoted teams and then we'll uh, we'll wrap up. Yeah. Who got the assist? Who got the assist? So we're now moving on to the promoted teams and the first one we're going to cover is Newcastle who were the champions of the championship last season. And the first question about Newcastle is can their players perform in the Premier League? And, you know, history says no, to be honest. I've been looking at a few of their um, their players. So Dwight Gale, he's a possible third striker. He's a, definitely a good option. With uh, 23 goals and two assists last season, we wrote a prospect in the prospects article. We calculated that it was um, a potential 5.65 points per game, which I think yeah, is a fantastic ratio. But if you actually have a quick look at um, how he performed when he was at Crystal Palace in the Premier League, he was a bit more of a, a bit part player coming off the bench in, in 25 appearances. He only got five goals. So whether he can replicate his form in the Premier League is, is a big question. And, and we've kind of looked at a few championship players coming up whether they're going to do it, whether he's going to do a paddy, or <laughs> whether he's going to uh, perhaps be the next Ricky Lambert. Oh, what's, what's, a, what's doing a paddy? Nick? Well, this is in reference to a certain Mr. Bamford, Patrick Bamford. So he was a starlet in the Championship, smashing it for Middlesbrough. But he's he's been at several Premier League clubs. He's moved around a bit, and a every Premier League club he's been at, he hasn't really played at all. He's at Middlesbrough for a bit last season. I think he's had a spell at Palace where he didn't play at all, which no. annoyed Mourinho. No, no, he he was. Uh, I think he's one. He's one of those kind of perpetual Chelsea loanees. Yeah, it seems like quite intelligent dude actually. He's got. I think he's one of those with a degree. But at the same time, I, I don't know. It's he, he's a cautionary tale, isn't he? I mean, Dwight Gale was good because he scored yeah. lots of braces, but is he going to be able to leave the line on his own? There are a lot of players, um, a lot of strikers that do really well 
in the uh, championship but struggle in the premiership you know you've got Rude, like some Rudy Gestead um, Glenn Murray's another one as well who we're going to cover later in Brighton but uh, yeah I think with Dyke Gale we'll have to see I think a lot of people have been hyping him and you know he's certainly not one to write off but we'll have to we'll have to look I mean Newcastle start with a tough fixture against uh, home to Tottenham which of course brings back memories of the Spurs fans of a certain game that we I think we made reference to earlier which let's not talk about anymore but after that they've, they've got quite a actually a, a very decent run of fixtures they've got Huddersfield away Watford home Swansea away Stoke home and then Brighton away so that's that's a great run of fixtures so you should definitely be look, looking at the Newcastle players because they're probably going to be quite cheap I think in fact actually until game week 12 the only challenging fixture they have is Liverpool so you might be thinking about for free you know they might be thinking about their defenders um, there's the likes of Lascelles, um, Mbemba, there's also uh, Kieran Clark, and he got three goals and two assists last season. But he's also one of those ones that, that struggled when he was in the Premiership, when he was at Aston Villa. He was, you know, was a yeah, terrible acetone, so no point, no one even looked at him. But they've, they've signed um, Lejeune as well as a left-back, and he, um, he, he looks like a, a very strong, he's, he's six foot three and he's been described as rock solid. So, yeah, you know, yeah. he's definitely one to watch. And we had a look at him early, um, earlier on mm-hmm. uh, when, when it was announced. And he, he uh, one of his key strengths is long balls. So I was thinking kind of, you know, Toby, Toby Alderweireld-esque smashing it up. Um, but I, th- I, think, I think with Newcastle, the case is that I think they're going to end up strengthening. You've got Matt Ritchie in midfield who can probably do something. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the end of the day... I don't know. I don't know. I, I can. Uh, Raf has kind of said that his key goal is to get them back into Europe where they belong. Uh, great club, great. Uh, you know, in in the city, you know, on the mountain, city centre. That's going to be you know the the, the key part. With, with no Mackhams as well in in the Premier League, they're going to be loving it. Um, massive atmosphere there, and you know, if they do get back into Europe under Rafa, Rafa is such a class manager. He really is. If you look at it kind of subjectively what a class manager and I, I can see them making the signings and we will be looking and trying to get in those um, players yeah. on prospects and the prospects as soon as we can yeah exactly um, and now we're going to look at Brighton so uh, Brighton I mean they've got a tough opening fixture against Manchester City but um, like Newcastle after that they've got quite a few um, reasonable fixtures so after Manchester City they've got Leicester away Watford away West Brom home Bournemouth away and Newcastle at home so that's quite a decent run of fixtures for Brighton so someone that I've been talking a lot about is Anthony Knockhart yeah we mentioned him on the last pod we mentioned him on the last pod and we've also done the prospect in the prospects article about him and I think he's definitely someone I've been thinking about as a a fourth midfielder having scored 15 goals and got eight assists uh, last season in the championships which is a I think a fantastic return for a midfielder so it's certainly an amount of you know high amount of points that he could be producing but it's like like with the Newcastle players can can he perform in the Premier League and that that is a it's a big question I mean we did some analysis in the article comparing him to the likes of Robert Snodgrass and Gaston Ramirez and you know these, these midfield players that do well in the championship and then you know yeah um, I mean you could you could you could hopefully see Knockett doing a snoddy um, I, I mean what what could be interesting there I and mean, we'll talk about Huddersfield in a second is the fact that you know we've looked at the the prices on last year on game week one haven't we Nick and yeah. what we've what we found is that um, Hull had Lazar Markovic and they had Robert Snodgrass 
Um, Middlesbrough had Victor Fisher, who was uh, who's long forgotten, but he was kind of the new signing from Ajax that everyone was kind of vaguely hyping. Did make it into a few teams, and Ramirez made it into your team. Um, and then you... I got him in in game week two. <laughs> and then you had Burnley, and didn't have a, a George Boyd, who's now departed. Um, by George, you were fantastic two years ago for us. Boydino! <laughs> Um, no, they didn't have a 5.5 but when Robbie Brady who was in my game week 38 squad my panic transfer in for uh, mm-hmm. for Josh King he got a, four, a 5.5 so it could be that Knocker gets the 5.5 which is that would that, be great I'm you know I'm thinking he might be a 6.0 but if he gets to 5.5 I'm very likely going to include him in my team well that's it that's just, just, just because you know I've talked about the player so much that I can't now I always do this. I, I did it a bit with Lonzo last season. I talked about him a lot. I was always like, oh, you know this Alonso guy? He looks like a good prospect. And then I just didn't bother getting him in. So now I've talked about Knockout so much. I feel like I should get him in because otherwise he's going to score and I'm going to regret it and I'm going to be like, why did I not get this guy in? Yeah, a couple of others. you got, you got Lewis Dunk at the Yeah, back. I was just he thinking about Lewis decent. Dunk. You know, in um, 167 appearances with Brighton, he scored 10 goals. So you know, he gets... That's not too gets, bad, he, as a As a defender, that's, that's almost like uh, 2.5 a season. So there's the potential for goals from him. He um, he's quite solid at the back as well. They've also um, brought Matt Ryan um, as a goalkeeper, yeah. so he's a possible goalkeeping option there. Yeah, some uh, some Brighton family has got new neighbours. Yeah, he's always number one. Uh, whoosh, whoosh, that's whoosh. Got, yeah, I don't know what he's going on about there, mate. Neighbours, uh, Australia. Oh, yeah, na- oh, neighbours. Um, my, my poor attempts of humour, which, which which don't translate very well on Twitter, I might say as well. Um, no. So I think linked to Brighton, and we'll link. We'll, we'll come to the very final team mm-hmm. here. Brighton and Huddersfield, who I'm about to talk about, have a really good opening six fixtures. If you rotate the two of them, um, the dream would be two four point zeros who are playing. I think the reality might be two four point fives. But you've got um, away at Crystal Palace, Newcastle at home, Southampton at home, West Brom at home, Leicester at home, Newcastle at home. And then you might wild card a game week, you know, before the Newcastle game or maybe after in game week seven. And you've got a really, really, you've got quite a good looking lineup. If anybody out there does do the rotating goalkeepers, if you did Matt Ryan and you did the Huddersfield goalkeeper, whoever the hell that's going to be. Probably some Liverpool only. Yeah, Danny Ward. That was Danny Ward, wasn't it? Yeah, but uh, if he can get him back. I mean, for Huddersfield particularly, um, we've looked at three of their players. We've looked at uh, Chris Lowe, and we've looked at Elias Kuchunga, mm-hmm. and we've today looked at Tom Ince, who just signed. For each of them, we said, you know what, the first five fixtures are really are actually not that bad. Yeah, I mean, um, I... yeah, they've got Palace away, Newcastle at home, Southampton at home, West Ham away, and Leicester at home. They're pretty kind uh, for a team trying to get in to establish themselves um, in the Premier League from the beginning. Last year, um, they they did really well from the beginning. They did kind of sneak into the sneak into the Premier League. They did not look that impressive in the. No, they finished the season with negative goal difference, which is not a good sign. Definitely not. I mean, I mean, um, some some uh, places have been bigging up um, Aaron Moy, who's just signed another uh, family, have new neighbours, um, four goals, seven assists last season. Likely to be an, an absolute relevance this year, I think. If he's five point five, I mean he, he's going to be in the engine room. But the two ones that are, that are good for um, for Huddersfield are Elias Kachunga and Tomins. Um, I mean Tomins, fourteen goals, six assists last year for Derby. That's four point four points per game. 
167 points he would have got this season, which is uh, equal to Mesut Ozil, which is very nice. 5.5. And you know, his dad is Paul Ince, who has said that Thomas should have been in the Premier League two years ago. Well, and I think he's going to have a lot to prove. Definitely. And to be honest, from my perspective, I don't think I'm going to be investing in Huddersfield unless we can find a, a 4 point naught playing defender, which is always a fantastic find. And we're always looking out for those 4 point naught playing defenders. But... It is. I mean, there is one, though. I mean, we have looked at Chris Lowe. Um, and interestingly, he took a penalty at the end of last season when the other penalty takers, uh, Rajiv Van Lepara and Aaron Moy, who have both taken penalties throughout the year and both missed, on the pitch okay so he took a penalty um 4.5 i think he's gonna be um and interestingly the only left back that jürgen klopp has ever signed in his managerial career they signed it for one hundred ninety thousand pounds when he was at brassford portland well yeah i mean i am interested in the huddersfield manager david wagner i think he's a, another very talented manager that's, that's swooped into the premier league and uh, if he can like speak to his mates uh, Klopp and Conte, because I think they loaned some players from Chelsea last season as well, um, and get some decent loans in, maybe he can deliver for Huddersfield. We'll, ha- we'll have to see. Yeah, I mean, even if Tom Ince gets the penalties and he's five point five, that could be something which is very very interesting to people. Um, you know, it, game week one is always time to take a pump. We'll be back next week to talk about game week one and back to talk about. Um, and back to talk about the prices, um, but I think that that leads us very nicely onto the onto kind of the, the last kind of wrap up. I hope that was useful. I hope that was interesting. I hope that was something that will satiate your FPL needs for a little while, at least till next week when the game reopens. Um, we're going to be looking at the prices next week, aren't we, Nick? Yes, we are, and we're going to attempt to do a sort of first look analysis. So we're going to do another pod next week where we look at the teams, we kind of do a first draft of what our team might be, and looking at the prices, and we'll have a discussion about the key players, what we're surprised about, what's not a surprise, you know, who, who's priced well, who's expensive. You know, I think, I think uh, an early tip might be Mesa Oats, it will be 9.0, I'd get him in. Well, I don't know about that. But anyway, Tom, I think I think it's time to end it here. Yeah. Well, we look forward to uh, assisting you again next week. And uh, thanks very much, guys. Goodbye. Thanks. Oh, it's a goal. Who got the assist? Who got the assist? Sports Social Podcast Network.